Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Thursday, October 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, Biden calls for impeachment. Gabbard threatens to boycott next week's debate. Klobuchar asks for social media political ads to have the same standards TV ads do. And debate bingo is here. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. First up today, former Vice President Joe Biden has formally called for President Trump to be impeached. Now, you might say, hey, I thought Biden was already on board with that. Uh, Well, kind of. Prior to last night, Biden supported a congressional inquiry, but he didn't call it impeachment. Now he is calling it impeachment and even invoked an infamous Nazi propagandist while doing so. In a speech last night in Rochester, New Hampshire, Biden started by talking about morality. He praised several politicians present in the room, including Senator Chris Coons, and talked about his secret to political success. He said, quote, There's one secret. The secret is, have you figured out what's worth losing over? Have you figured out what is worth losing over, that you will not compromise on certain things that are of deep, abiding consequence to you? End quote. And then he went on to give a barn burner of a speech. There's a link to the whole video in the show notes, and it runs to about half an hour. It's in a relatively small room, and within that room, multiple times Biden got standing ovations for his comments. So I'm going to run through a few clips here to give you the actual audio of what Biden said and the context in which he calls for impeachment. I think that context really matters. Prior to this first clip, Biden started by talking about the phrase, live free or die, which is now the state motto of New Hampshire. He goes all the way back to the founding of our country to begin his case. Listen in. At the time, one of the biggest concerns was that foreign nations would interfere in our democracy, in our experiment. That's why we have an emoluments clause to prevent presidents from being secretly bribed or paid off by foreign governments. In his farewell address, George Washington specifically warned against foreign nations meddling in our affairs. Here's what he said. Since history and experience prove that foreign influence is one of the most, one of the most baneful, one of the most baneful foes of Republican government, we have to be alert. Over 200 years plus has followed, and we have been consistent in our vigilance to keep foreign nations out of our elections. That was until President Donald Trump. Last week, on the White House lawn, President Trump invited China to get engaged in deciding our election and who our nominee would be. He did it while standing in front of reporters and cameras like I am this moment in the broad light of day. It was a third foreign power that we know of that he's asked in clear, unmistakable language, clear, unmistakable language, to interfere on behalf of the democratic proceedings in the United States of America, interfere with them. Quote, Russia, if you're listening, or quote, I'd like you to do us a favor, though, end of quote, to the president of Ukraine. Quote, China, should start an investigation, end of quote. It's wrong. It's the very thing Washington warned about. 
It undermines our electoral process. It's un-American. Go in any city or town in this nation or your state. Go in any schoolhouse. Go in any town hall, any VFW post, any football or baseball game, and ask the question, is it okay for a foreign nation to meddle in our elections, to spread lies about opponents, specifically at the, at the direct invitation of a sitting president? The answer is obviously no. Okay, so Biden sets out the stakes and brings this all the way back to the 1700s. He explains in simple language what the Emoluments Clause is and why it matters. And in this next clip, Biden makes the argument that President Trump has clearly violated that clause in public over and over. Listen in. We believe Americans should decide American elections, period. But Donald Trump will do anything to get reelected including violating the most basic forms of democracy. It's stunning and it's dangerous because it directly threatens our democracy. This is not hyperbole, it's a fact. No president in American history has ever dared to engage in such unimaginable behavior. With his words and his actions, President Trump has indicted himself by obstructing justice, refusing to comply with the congressional inquiry. He's already convicted himself in full view of the world and the American people. Donald Trump has violated his oath of office, betrayed this nation, and committed impeachable acts. You know, In this next bit, Biden reminds us that withholding military aid from Ukraine is no small thing. There is a war going on. This, again, is vitally important context to understanding why withholding that military aid and asking for a favor can kill people. Listen in. Most people don't realize in the Donbass in the West, there's a war going on now. A war that's costing thousands of Ukrainian lives. This isn't a game, it's deadly serious. The United States cannot afford to have a president who will abuse whatever power is available to them to get reelected. That's what it's all about. And here's the kicker. The people around the president knew that what he was doing was wrong, profoundly wrong. So what did they try to do? They tried to cover it up by hiding the evidence, classifying it like no other president attempt to classify these conversations. We not only know about this thanks to the courageous actions of a whistleblower who has since been joined by others stepping up to protect our country. Trump's scheme has been exposed. Look, folks, Trump did it because like every bully I've ever known or every bully we've read about in history, he's basically a coward. He's afraid. He's afraid. <clears throat> Okay, and we're going to do one last clip here. In this one, I want you to listen to the core argument, this idea that by using the presidential platform to lie, Trump is in fact devaluing the very concept of truth. And keep an ear out for the mention of Goebbels, which I'll explain afterward. All right, listen in. Folks, he's targeted me and my family with lies and distortions and smears. That's all they are. Because he thinks... He will undermine my 
candidacy for the nomination as well as the presidency if I'm the nominee. He's just flat doing what he's always done, lying. Even though the mainstream has called him out for his lies. Do you ever recall a reporter, a mainstream reporter, while the president is speaking, interrupting and saying, he's lying? Maybe. I don't remember. And he's spending tens of millions of dollars this early in the campaign to engage in the Democratic primary to spread lies. He's trying to orchestrate a campaign where truth and the facts are irrelevant. In Goebbels' terms, you say it long enough, often enough, people may believe it. And his lying is matched only by his manifest incompetence <laughs> as president. Yeah, so Joseph Goebbels was Hitler's minister of propaganda, and he's associated with the concept of the big lie, which was a rhetorical tactic employed by Hitler himself. The key idea of the big lie is that if you say something extremely outrageous that is itself clearly a lie, but you just keep repeating it, then the fundamental nature of truth becomes distorted. And as long as you can maintain that lie without consequences to your people, no problem it might as well be true. There is a famous quote about the big lie that is attributed to Goebbels, although it is super unclear whether he actually said or wrote it. But I do think it's worth reading here, though, because that's what Biden was referring to in his brief mention. Quote, If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent. For the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus by extension the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. End quote. So, here we have Biden's case for impeachment. He says in plain language that this scenario is actually something that the founders of our country foresaw, and that's why we have a clause about it in the Constitution. He also says plainly and repeatedly that our president is a liar. And what's more, he says the president has, quote, indicted himself, end quote. Biden is saying by doing all this stuff in public with such flagrant disregard for the truth or the Constitution, the case is open and shut. And while he's at it, Biden does position himself as the likely Democratic nominee and suggests that Trump is doing some of this because he's afraid to go head-to-head -head with Biden in the general election. But that part aside, this really is a shift for Biden, and this is an important moment in this election. It's the day that Biden clearly articulated his case for impeachment. He has been reticent to call for impeachment explicitly, but now he has crossed that line. Remember this day. This day matters. Now, what happens next? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In a surprise move, Hawaii Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who is slated to appear in Tuesday's DNC debate, is now saying maybe she won't. Gabbard says she is considering boycotting the debate. She posted a video to Twitter explaining her rationale early this morning. Listen in. I want to thank all of you so much for your support. I need to share something with you that's very important. There are so many of you who I've had the opportunity to meet in Iowa and New Hampshire who've expressed to me how frustrated you are that the DNC and the corporate media are essentially trying to usurp your role as voters in choosing who our Democratic nominee will be. I share your concerns, and I'm sure that all of our supporters throughout the country do as well. Now, the 2016 Democratic primary election was rigged by the DNC and their partners in the corporate media against Bernie Sanders. In this 2020 election, the DNC and the corporate media are rigging the election again, but this time it's against the American people in the early voting states of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada. They're attempting to replace the roles of voters in the early states using polling and other arbitrary methods, which are not transparent or democratic. And they're holding so-called debates, which really are not debates at all, but rather commercialized reality television meant to entertain rather than to inform or enlighten. So in short, the DNC and the corporate media are trying to hijack the entire election process. So in order to bring attention to this serious threat to our democracy and to ensure that your voice is heard, I'm seriously considering boycotting the next debate on October 15th. I'm gonna announce my decision within the next few days, but I just wanna say with my deepest and warmest aloha, thank you all again for your support. This is part of an ongoing disagreement that multiple Democratic candidates have had with the DNC over its treatment of the debates. Another notable candidate who has called out the DNC is Senator Michael Bennett. He wrote an open letter to DNC Chair Tom Perez asking a series of pointed questions about the debate qualifications, whether they were developed in coordination with leading campaigns, and plenty of other stuff. But having said that, Bennett didn't qualify for the upcoming debate. Gabbard did. So if she opts not to show up, that would be a huge deal. Over on Twitter, Edward Isaac Dover summed up much of the political reporting about this issue in a series of three tweets. He wrote, quote, Tulsi Gabbard makes the bet that there's more attention to be gotten from seriously considering boycotting the debate on Tuesday and maybe even following through than being one of 12 on stage. Gabbard's point about the debates being like reality show TV is one that most candidates and campaigns agree with, and her complaints about the polling slash donor thresholds are widely shared as well. But Gabbard has now gone from complaining about the thresholds keeping her from the September debate stage to clearing the thresholds and complaining about them to the point of threatening to keep herself from the October debate stage. End quote. Regardless of what happens here, I think Devere is onto something about the media implications of this. 
announcing that you might maybe boycott something is itself a media strategy, and the fact that I'm talking about it proves that it can work. It is newsworthy that somebody who has qualified is apparently considering not showing up. We'll have to see whether Gabbard in fact follows through with that boycott, which, as Dover said, might in fact be better than being on the edge of that super crowded stage. Senator Amy Klobuchar is asking for social media advertising about politics to have the same level of disclosure that TV advertising does. In a letter yesterday to Senate Rules Committee Chairman Roy Blunt, Klobuchar wrote, and this is a very long one, quote, Yesterday, the Intelligence Committee published a second report, Volume 2, on its bipartisan investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. As a member of the Intelligence Committee, you know better than most that the committee's investigation and the associated reports have been conducted in a bipartisan fashion, with the goal of getting to the bottom of how Russia attacked our democracy so that we can prevent future attacks. The report specifically addresses how the Russian government attacked our democracy by working to exploit social media platforms to spread misinformation, sow division, and undermine our political system. In addition to providing information on how Russia carried out its attack, the report makes a series of recommendations for how Congress can work to combat the spread of disinformation. Specifically, the report urges Congress to examine legislative approaches to ensuring Americans know the sources of online political advertisements. Page 80 of the report contains the following recommendation. The Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971 requires political advertisements on television, radio, and satellite to disclose the sponsor of the advertisement. The same requirements should apply online. This will also help to ensure that the IRA or any similarly situated actors cannot use paid advertisements for purposes of foreign interference. I agree with the committee's recommendation and have introduced bipartisan legislation, the Honest Ads Act, with Vice Chairman Warner and Chairman Graham. Our legislation would ensure political and issue ads sold online have the same transparency and disclosure requirements as ads sold on TV, radio, and satellite. The Honest Ads Act has broad support from nonpartisan experts on disinformation campaigns and transparency in political advertising. End quote. She goes on to note that social media advertising can often reach more people than TV, so it ought to be subject to at least the same kind of disclosure. She's asking for Blunt to schedule a markup of the Honest Ads Act, which would be a first step in committee before voting on it. At press time, I have not yet heard a response from Blunt, but I will keep you posted. And last up today, Debate Bingo is here and ready for you to download. Now, it does assume that Gabbard is going to be in the debate. And if she's not, then, well, fewer bingos for all of us, I guess. So for all the new listeners, here's the deal. Debate Bingo is a simple way to increase engagement with the debate for people who will be in the room with you, but maybe not be super interested. Like, you know, kids or in-laws or anybody you're dragging into this thing for the first time. Or, on the other hand, it's a way for superfans, which I know a lot of y'all are, to add even more interest to the many hours of debate, listening for key phrases that may or may not be spoken by various candidates. Oh yeah, and there is a handy podium lineup thing at the top that shows you who is standing where. It is tiny this time because there are 12 people, but it is a handy reference for lots of folks who haven't always connected all these faces to their names. 
I'll talk more about Debate Bingo tomorrow and Monday, but for now, it is the first link in the show notes. It's a PDF this time containing 30 randomized cards. Why 30? Well, I keep getting requests for so many people running this debate bingo thing in theaters and bars and stuff like that. So I hope 30 is enough, and if your party is smaller, I know mine sure will be, just print fewer pages. Well, that is it for more episode of The Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. Well, another almost freezing night, but no more weird noises from the decommissioned watering robot, thankfully. Today I've been working on debate bingo, and honestly, it is a little weird to be making debate-related stuff today with the possibility that one of the candidates won't show up. But, you know, you take what you can get, and you roll with it. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.